week, the spoils. I'm Mark Sullivan. I'm Delilah Lugo. I'm Jason Kwasnicki. We've got three episodes coming up this year for me to do some weird, stupid, spooky voice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys wait for it. I'm gonna let you work for it. Uh, this is a very exciting episode of Reap the Spoils. I mean, every episode is really exciting, but this one is especially exciting. Uh, Delilah, you all what? have no idea how long Mark has wanted to do this episode. Actually, there, there's an ep- there's an episode uh, that I've want I want to do even more, and I've wanted to do longer than this one, and it's very related. But Delilah, what game are we talking about? Silent Hill. We are talking about the 1999 classic in the survival horror franchise, Silent Hill. Uh, the game in question that I, I've wanted to do uh, longer and definitely more is Silent Hill 2. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a much harder game to cover, and we can talk about that uh, later in the episode. But we're here to talk about not Silent Hill 2, but Silent Hill 1, the first, the very first. OG. Uh, so before we get started, Reap the Spoils is a monthly spoiler cast. We're going to spoil the game. Don't listen to the episode if you haven't played the game. Seriously, like go play the game first and then come here and listen to the episode. Uh, you can play Silent Hill 1. I- I've said this before. I'll say it again. You can play Silent Hill 1 uh, if you have an original PS1 copy like this one right here on display for all oh, to see. Fancy. Uh, you can play that on, on a PlayStation 1 or a PlayStation 2 or a backwards compatible PlayStation 3. Uh, or you can buy the game on the PlayStation 3 store for $6. Jason, I know this is how you played it too. I don't remember it being as kind of, um, not buggy. I had a lot of audio issues playing that version of the game. I don't know if you did. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, and I get, we'll talk about it later. I, I, if I did encounter audio issues, then I probably would have assumed it was just a product of its time, shall we okay. say? Okay. Yeah. Um, no, the, these were definitely weird audio issues just with that digital version of the game. Uh, I definitely didn't have issues playing on a disc back when I did. Um, I, I never played this game when it came out. This is my first time ever touching the game, so I have no point of comparison. Gotcha. Uh... But yeah, those are the official legal ways to play the game um, where you can get where you can get like a physical or a physical or digital copy through like legal legal means. I know Delilah played it on an original PS1. You played it on a modded one, right? Yeah, modded PS1 through a retro tank. Yeah, it's really cool. It's I like. I we were talking about it off off air, uh, but I was looking into retro tanks. Uh, like a month or so ago, because it's so I'm cool. trying to like figure out like a nice way to get my PS2 set up to an HD TV, um, and have it look you know good, because there's there's kind of a shortage of ways to do that on HD TVs, um, but anyway, yeah, if you haven't played Silent Hill, go play Silent Hill, then come back to this episode. That being said, I have a bit of an announcement to make. I kind of want to change how the history lessons work on these shows now to the point where I'm going to make them as brief as possible and kind of just provide names of important individuals that I think will be referenced through the episode. And if I want to throw in like a fun fact or two, I will. Um, 
it's just a lot of times I've realized when I do these history lessons, it's kind of like very early development stuff. It winds up just being like dates and fun facts anyway. And to me, it doesn't really make for a good enough uh a good enough segment to really keep this to really keep the way that it's been for all this time you know what i mean uh so i'm just altering it to the point where i'm gonna make it just very very brief so we'll just go ahead and jump into the hist the brief history lesson of silent hill and that's basically that development started in 1996 the game released in North America on February 23rd, 1999 for the Sony PlayStation. And it was directed and written by Keiichiro Toyama. And the music, which I definitely want to touch on later in this episode, uh, was composed primarily by Akira Yamaoka, who is the longstanding composer for the sound or for the soundtracks for Silent Hill franchise. And most recently he did the the, the score for uh, the medium oh. uh, alongside another composer whose name escapes me. So, That's dope. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Soundtrack uh, was one of the best parts of that game. If, if I'm being honest, like the, uh, the fact that Akira Yamaoka is involved with the soundtrack for the game is like the main reason I want to play that game. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, final warning. If you haven't played Silent Hill, stop, go play it, then come back. Are you guys ready to jump in? To enter silence. Do it. Okay. How'd you guys take the story? <laughs> Did you have to do some wiki jumping after? I I didn't go deep into theories as much because I felt like every single theory I saw was going into Silent Hill 2 territory and I yeah. wanted to avoid that. Yes. So I kind of just stopped. Um I also found myself injecting my perception of the movie into this game. Uh, the first the Silent Hill movie. I was like, I wait, is this too. happening here? So um, I can't say I have a full grasp on what's happening, but I have an idea. It's not like I'm completely lost. Yeah. And what I'll say about the movie, it really it tries like it really does try like it has the sirens indicating when the when the town is shifting from the fog world to the nightmare world uh it has the general storyline uh with some like changes obviously they they trade harry as a male lead for whoever is the the main character in the, in the film as a female lead um but the same the the the, the bones of the story are there uh pyramid head is there just because he's iconic and they decided yeah fuck the symbolism that he represents in silent hill too we're just going to chuck him in here because he's because he's creepy which is uh, terrible it's stupid it's awful but it is what it is um and that that's what i'll say about that that movie did make a valiant effort and it wasn't it wasn't terrible it just definitely could have been better I liked um, the movie, but I also watched it before I played Silent Hill. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, like, had I played the series first and then watched it, I would have picked it apart a lot more. But I think in terms of, like, capturing the atmosphere, it definitely did a good job. And it even tried to do the, like, correct camera angles. But that this is not a movie podcast. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't help but, like, have that story kind of bleed into my brain. Because the way that this story is told in the game is more... Um, 
You, it's more like pe- like pieces that you have to put together. Rather, the movie actually tells you what's going on pretty much from the beginning, more or less. And a lot of the st- a lot of the plot is actually inferred through things in the environment that you might not even realize are interactable. Um, like like something on the walls or or a a book just haphazardly sitting on a table. Uh, it's usually stuff you can interact with and read and and get more information about the world or what's going on. Something I I was watching uh, an analysis video of the game that I've watched probably half a dozen times before, but I wanted to watch it again before we did this episode, and I completely forgot there's a book before the first boss fight that actually kind of gives you a hint of that boss's weakness, which is when it opens its mouth food into its mouth and it takes more damage and it's kind of told through this like really fairy tale yeah yeah like a fairy tale yeah um totally forgot about that and there's other things that you can read that give you information about the characters like lisa i i believe there's a note that infers that she has a drug addiction um yeah there's the whole side quest that you, uh, J- Jason and I were talking before we started recording uh, how Kaufman, uh, you only see him one time in the game uh, that the game forces you to see him. There's a whole area, the whole a whole section where you can interact with him more and kind of uncover more of his role within the town. And also that's that's how you trigger the good ending of the game the one that is actually canon so i guess let, let's let's go back there real quick delilah what ending did you get do you know do you remember i got just to explain the ending because i, I can't, i'm not sure what's good i know there's good good plus right. and stuff like that bad bad minus i don't know um i got the one where uh he leaves with a baby but without sybil okay so that's the bad plus just, ending no yeah. yes oh, no it's plus. good it's just good yeah not good did, plus. Si- did sybil did sybil sir did Sybil survive? No, she died, right? No, she died. No, she, yeah, she killed. She killed her on the boss fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then yes. Sorry, you got the good ending. Basically, yeah. the plus ending is if you don't kill Sybil in the boss fight. Yeah. Yeah. So you did. So you or did either good or thing. bad. You did do the whole thing in the resort area with <clears throat> Kaufman, then. Yeah, with the motorcycle and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm glad that on this because I I did not do that. I I got the good plus ending my first time around in the game. Um, like years and years back. Um, this time I deliberately went for one of the bad endings. Oh. Uh, and 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 got uh bad plus, which <laughs> you get for not doing the whole thing with Kaufman, so he doesn't find the red liquid, and. Uh, but but still saving Sybil and escaping with her. Um, so I guess yeah, let's let's kind of let's kind of go back to how we get to the endings, right? Because it's it's a little confusing and convoluted. Jason, what ending did you get actually? Oh, I I got the shitty ending. Uh, <laughs> you just die in a car crash. It was all okay. a dream. Okay, cool. We all got different endings. That's exciting. Um. So yeah, let's let's talk about how we get to those endings. So there's there's the part there's the part where uh with Sybil at the amusement park where she's possessed 
And there's a section in the hospital where you find, like, the red liquid and you can find a bottle in the kitchen and, like, you're supposed to scoop up the red liquid. Is that something you guys, uh, well, Jason wouldn't have done it. And Delilah, you, I guess you wouldn't have done it either because you didn't get the one where Sybil survived. No, but honestly, even if I did get it, I wouldn't have known to throw it on her during that boss fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, my instinct would have been to shoot her. But she was a har the hardest boss fight in the game. So, I, like... I guess, I guess, like, I kept dying. I died, like, I don't know, three times before I finally killed her. So maybe I would have, I don't know. I don't know if I would have tried to use the red liquid. I don't think I would have. Like, who who does that? Like, oh, look, there's this thing coming after me. Let me throw something on it, you know? There's and no think, hint, at least not that I saw. And I think that all, I think the hint actually is not in, like, in the game or throughout the game. It's if you get the good ending where you help Kaufman. Because he throws, it's called, I'm trying to find the word in my notes. It's called. Oh, it's a weird word. Yeah. A glaophotis. It's yeah. some sort of, it's some sort of a uh, liquid agent that. Drugs. It, it's supposed to exercise, uh, exercise like demo demons and par or paras or demonic parasites or something. Yeah. I don't know. Apparently they. They talk about this town. They're doing all sorts of shrooms and stuff up there. So who knows? Well, the the idea is like, what if you play through the game and you save Kaufman and you watch him do that? That kind of that's supposed to tell you that's like, yeah, right. And you get and that that lends to the replayability of the game. Going back through when you get to that Sybil boss fight and realize that she's possessed. Oh, I have this bottle of red liquid. I didn't know what to do with last last time. Let me try it on her, and then it works. And you save yeah. Sybil. And I think that's the hint, but it requires you to play through the game once, hope that you save Kaufman when you can, and then uh, go back and play through the game again up to that point. So, but there, is, as far as I can tell, there's no hint beforehand that kind of tells you what that red liquid is, what it, what its purpose may be. You have to you have to play through the game in order to get that knowledge and then go back and do it. Which is, it, 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 like I said, it lends to the replayability, but not everyone might replay the game. Back in the back in the late '90s, early 2000s, when people only got like one game every so often, like maybe yeah, you're trying to get the most out of your games. Today's gaming culture is much much different. Um, so. That's how you get the plus portions of the endings, and then the bad portion, like uh, like Delilah alluded to, you save Kaufman in a, I believe it's a bar, and you get clues that lead you to finding uh, a bottle of that red liquid within a motorcycle muffler, and uh, Kaufman comes in and, and takes it from you, and then he shows up at the final encounter with Dahlia and throws it at uh alessa to exercise the demon from her or the day mm -hmm. it's it, it's a it's a deity it's a samael i believe its actual name is mm -hmm. uh so i guess yeah let's let let's talk about the let's talk about the just general the the the, the, the cult yeah the premise the and and the cult of silent because the game doesn't really tell it very well and no. I want to know. I guess I want to know what you guys, what you guys, inf uh, were were able to gather from what the game does give you, if anything. There's a cult, uh, and <laughs> drugs. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm assuming that the cult did drugs 
uh, or like people that weren't in the cult were like doing drugs to cope with it or whatever. Um, and they were burning people. And I yeah, like, old lady burned that. her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, cause you saw that in the pictures by one of the, tr- like one of the altars, uh, or mm-hmm. shrines. I don't know what they're called. I guess altars. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then somehow, uh, so, you know, demon girl gives birth to a baby and you leave with baby. And that's all I get. And that's somehow this girl is your daughter. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Oh, so... she's your ad- adopted. <laughs> you adopted her. All right. Um, Wait, yeah. you would. Cheryl's not your biological daughter. No. And no. I don't know why. Like, you, like it, there's a random conversation. I think with Kaufman, right? Was it Kaufman? I that, I think that it's Lisa. Was it with Lisa? I thought it was with a dude. But you're probably I, right. I, I in, in my playthrough, the only conversation we really had about it... Um, yeah, it was Lisa, I believe, that you tell that your wife died. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much the extent of it. Okay. Like, it never... I don't, I don't remember it mentioning um, your Cheryl being adopted. Okay. I, I remember like a brief conversation. He just mentioned it pretty randomly. It wasn't even like a natural conversation. He just was like, "Oh yeah, like I adopted her." How could this be? Yeah, what something. Is this? Yeah. <laughs> I I want to say it was either with Lisa or Sybil, but I can't quite remember. Okay, so I f- apologies in advance. You're gonna hear a lot of me talking, I guess, for the next God knows how long. So. And keep in mind, like, I got about as much as you guys did out of my first playthrough, like, way, way back when I did it. I I had, and even now, replaying it, I had to really read up and, and, and wiki hop just to, uh, to piece it back together. Um, cause it's just, it's just not told explicitly. And it's not, not that a story needs to be told explicitly. Uh, to be a good story, this game just doesn't really give you a whole lot to go off of. Yeah. Which I think is, frankly, I think it's its greatest weakness. Um, but, and, and we'll talk about it later, I think it has a lot of great strengths that really, uh, that really make up for it. But to, to try not to uh, bury the lead too much. So... There, there's obviously a cult in Silent Hill. <laughs> Very clearly, there's a cult. Um, Silent Hill is like mostly a resort town that thrives off of its tourism. Uh, but the, uh, it, it, it's the off season during the uh, the game, and I think over the years the the tourism had kind of died off, and a lot of the people that still lived there, yeah, they were part of a cult, and they tried, and and Dahlia being like the front runner of this tried to resurrect their deity by sacrificing Alessa years and years and years back. Um, I think seven years to be exact before the events of the game. Uh, and the resurrection failed. The sacrifice failed. Alessa survived. She was badly like burned and, um, it wound up splitting her soul and that soul that 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 second half of her soul is Cheryl she was kind of split into herself I did gather that yeah yeah 
So that's how, and and you kind of come to to pick that up a little bit, you know. Obviously, once it's explained in the in the la in one of the latter cutscenes that Last her cut soul scene. was split, yeah. Uh, but also the fact that uh, Cher- Cheryl's like so caught up in this, and when Harry does say uh, in whichever cutscene that was that Cheryl's not his biological daughter, she was adopted, and I think he also mentions that they just kind of I I. Did they say they just like found her on like the side of the road or something? If I'm wrong about I that, re- I don't. I don't. I don't my, remember that. Okay. In my playthrough, in that in that last scene, um, what's her name, Dolly or whatever, just says this is Cheryl in her true form, and that's pretty much it. Right, and that's and that's because the 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 whole the whole time what Dahlia was what what Dahlia was attempting to do. Uh, she cast a spell. This is seven years later. This is the events of the game. She cast a spell to draw that second half of the soul back. So she wanted to draw Cheryl back. So Cheryl tells Harry, I want to go to Silent Hill. And Harry's like, okay, we'll go to Silent Hill. So they drive into Silent Hill. And then um, he sees the apparition of a girl walk in front of his car. And also, I guess let's talk about that. Did you guys watch the starting video before you started playing the game? Mm-hmm. How about you, Delilah? I don't, I, I, what, I don't think so, no. Like the, the video yeah. that plays before uh, you even get it to shows, the main menu? It shows the car crash and shows no. Sybil on the bike okay. kind so, of and, tailing you. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of like, that's kind of an interesting design decision, right? Because while that shows clips of cutscenes throughout the game uh, of other characters and stuff pretty out of context and nothing really gives anything away, um it does show the events leading up to the very first scene in the game. It shows basically uh, required to understand what's going on. When yeah, you start, it's, yeah. It's really an, an important story tidbit to understand. Cause once you press start game and you load into the game, it's Harry waking up in his car and you kind of don't know how he got there unless you watch that opening FMV that shows him driving at nighttime, Cheryl sleeping in the back seat. And the girl walks in front of his car, and he swerves to get out of the way, and the car goes off uh, go, goes off the road. Oh, I did see that. I thought you meant something after that. Sorry, oh, no, I thought because okay. I know there's a scene that you can get from interacting with the car that I didn't see because I didn't interact with the car once I got into Silent Hill. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting design decision, right? To to put crucial information in an opening FMV that most people would probably just press start and skip because it's not even it's not even something you get after starting the game. It's something before you even get to the main menu. So, I think it's uh I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's worth noting. Um, so let's let let let's sorry. Let's uh go back forward. Um. So they come to Silent Hill. Cheryl disappears, and you see like uh, you see like images uh, or or, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You see silhouettes of Alessa throughout the town as you as you go. And Dahlia, once you run into Dahlia, her whole ploy is to give you. She gives you the flowers, and you're not really sure what that's for until you reach Alessa. And what it was meant to do was it was meant to uh immobilize her so that Dahlia could use her once again in the in in the uh the ritual. Mm-hmm. Um so 
here here's another uh i guess here's the next part that i want to get into the before we talk about all the rest of the levels i want to talk about the last level the last area which is called nowhere what did you guys kind of did you guys gather any anything from that as to what was really going on with silent hill as a town as a town no uh i got i mean i i did pick up on obviously they show you like um a cutscene of all like those keystone characters standing over the hospital bed of alessa mm-hmm. um after she's been burned and whatnot um and there's just some material to look at like alessa's room as a child you see the cutscene of her with her mother when she's a child um by the stairs um and then there's all the stuff with uh lisa garland and you find out the lisa was actually i guess presiding over her in the hospital and that's how she became addicted to drugs and de- became depressed or whatever um was just cuz of the emotional impact of seeing the girl you know all all messed up and and whatnot uh, at least that's what i gleaned cuz there's that journal after after that cutscene with Lisa, if you go back into the room where you left her, she's no longer there. But there's a jur- her journal's there. Mm-hmm. I did find that. Um, but in terms of, like, the lore of the town, I didn't really pick anything up else aside from that stuff. And it's kind of just something you... It's kind of a conclusion that you kind of just have to come to on your own. Because obviously there's no explanation of the town and why it's like changing and twisting and, and, uh, and, and all that. And Delilah, is there anything you want to add uh, on if there's anything um, you inferred or gathered? I just remember watching a tape, but that was more about like, just finding out what happened to Alessa. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, like Jason said, the, like the kids room, seeing where she like, I uh, all right. Here's the thing. In the beginning of the game, I already kind of gathered that there was a relationship between Alessa and Cheryl, just because their clothing looks similar, mm-hmm. like the way they were dressed. So I always kind of had that in the back of my head, looking through this. So it kind of really wasn't a surprise. But I won't say in that last area that I learned anything about the town. It was more learning about, like Jason said, about Lisa and about uh, and about Alessa. Okay. I guess what I'm getting at it's it's kind of an obtuse question. And I feel that this is such a weird episode. obtuse question for an obtuse story. Yeah. The- well, it's a, to be fair, it's a like Mark said in the beginning. It it is a very and it's meant to be, I think, design wise, a nonlinear story because it, this game and I, I think this is actually a strength that it's very much a game first, um, and the story is unlocked by doing the game, um, and it's interesting that. You, the way they set it up, you actually can kind of use this idea of like a parallel dimension or in the case of the bad ending, it's a fucking dream to make an excuse that it could have been a dream and then it's also not a dream. Maybe he's in the nightmare world and you still haven't gotten to the real ending. You have to play through it again, which is kind of a continuation of the story. If you guys are following what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the game's meant to be played again and again. Yeah. yeah. 
And and also to add to your point, Jason, uh, and you want you, by playing the game, like you're playing the game to get more of the story. That even goes so far as to like uh, to your exploration. Like if you, the more you explore and maybe find something to interact with in a, a random room, like the more you kind of get of that story and and find out what's going on. Uh, it, it, I, I agree with you. Is essentially what I'm saying. But. What was the relation to the town? Now I'm curious. Oh yeah, well, I was was getting to that. So. <laughs> oh okay. Um, I just wanted I wanted to know what you guys gathered before I just outright explain it. Um, yeah. Because I I feel I feel if I just outright explain it, then that cuts you guys out of the conversation, and I already f- feel bad enough with this episode, or I feel weird enough with this episode, where I don't want to just have it be like me telling you guys what happens and you saying, "Oh, okay." Well, we've seen we we watched the ending, so we we at least right. know. Yeah. <laughs> so the situation with the town. I was more confused when I watched the other ending. So we'll, okay. let's see. the The town of Silent Hill takes on the knots or the, the knots the thoughts the feelings the nightmares of a troubled individual this version of the town takes on that takes on those feelings those thoughts those nightmares of alessa that's why in the last uh the last level of nowhere one of the rooms is just her her childhood bedroom and there's no other place where you would see that other than in this in this very twisted area. And like the reason nowhere kind of happens is because she's now been immobilized. She's now about to go through. She's on the fritz, and therefore the town reacts to that. Um okay. so that's why nowhere, the last level, is such a, a hodgepodge of like different areas in the game. Uh there's a there's a classroom, uh there's a classroom room in nowhere where there's just a single desk did you guys look at that desk did you interact with it yeah mm-hmm. um, and i think so go ahead it, well, it has like scribbles on it it has like like threats and like mean things written on it like go home freak it, it, it's supposed that's supposed to be uh some a, a, a memory of alessa's from when she was a kid and she was bullied I guess for being the daughter of uh, of Dahlia, this crazy cultist leader, um, that's kind of the deal with the town, right? Is is, is it, it it's it's kind of warped and affected by an individual's uh, mind, and in this case, it's Alessa that's that's kind of manipulate or kind of uh, manipulating the town, or not not really manipulating it. The town is manipulated by her mind, I guess is a better way of putting it. Yeah, I I interpreted that as the darkness, we'll call it, as um, the darkness was protecting her from the town. Like, it was a manifestation of her, of her hatred and, like, her... for what they did to her, burning her body. Um, but I thought that the darkness was there to kind of protect her from those cultist people who, who are doing that. I didn't think it was just, like a manifestation of her mind or like what it's, you're saying. Well, it's like the town, the town exists. It's just like, it, it, like it exists in like the real world. And you don't really see that outside of the opening cutscene when you're just entering the town. Um, 
but the, 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 that's that's kind of how the the lore of Silent Hill is supposed to work, and I'm sure there's it's still open to some interp- some separate interpretation, especially when it comes to the changing between the fog world and the nightmare world, uh, the events that um, cause that to happen are I, th- I think a little unknown in this game. It just kind of happens at certain intervals uh, as part of the level design. And, you know, you get the creepy, eerie siren going in the background that indicates when it's happening. Uh, and also, it's effective. Th- Go ahead. There's like pieces of the town that get blocked off. Like they, it's almost as if like once you're in there, like there's no leaving because mm-hmm. like the roads just literally break and you can't leave. Does that tie into her emotions like manifesting themselves? Because that's like just during the regular fog world, not the darkness. But I guess that's that's one part of it that I didn't understand, like why I'd say, the town took that form without being dark. I'd say uh, I'd say that's up to interpretation. You know, it's however you want to look. Yeah, at it. I think I think at this point, um, it's it's like pretty loose on uh, how you want to interpret it. But the the implication still is though that that Alessa is is what's. Alessa's mind and her and her troubled state is what's um, directly Im- uh, influencing the town and and the bad the, the bad horrible things that are going on in it. Uh, and and that, I guess that, one of the things I've re- oh sorry go ahead no go 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 ahead go ahead no because I finished what you were saying because I, I think what I what I'm gonna ask no, I'm kind go of ahead. skins off into something else oh what I was gonna ask was with with Alessa I was more Confu- I was even more confused just at the end because obviously at the very end she is kind of you kind of see a, an apparition of her but she's grown up and she has the child so I, I that never I was like so is, so yeah I guess yeah. let's get into that so Alessa the seven years prior when she was when she was when it was attempted to uh, sacrifice her she was already like somewhat grown so the seven years later is her se- having another seven years of age. So she's older than Cheryl by, I don't know, at least maybe double, probably. She's probably twice the age of Cheryl at that point. Okay, so it, it just assumed she aged naturally. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, How did that, she have a baby? <laughs> it was, so, okay, I guess let's jump back to the endings now. <laughs> so like, Did the demon impregnate her? <laughs> She was uh, being having kind of, I guess, ascended um, in that when when Cheryl gets rejoined with her and the the ritual is actually completed. And you get two different two different core endings, right, the good and the bad. And for one, you get one boss fight and the other you get the other boss fight. So we'll we'll talk about the bad ending where. um. Alessa is merged with the with Samael and becomes what's called Incubator, which is just this 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 new deity that they that they've tried to resurrect. Um, and that and she's just a glowing Alessa. And you fight her. Both boss fights are pretty much the same thing, by the way. Like they just chuck lightning at you, and it's the worst fucking thing in the world. Um, but defeating defeating that, you get. Cheryl thanking her father for putting out, putting her out of her misery, and uh, Harry either um, grieves the loss and escapes with Sybil, or 
like Jason said, died in the car crash and it was all a dream. Uh, for the good ending, when Kaufman comes in and exercises exercises the demon from Alessa, that you you fight the demon itself, which is called Incubus, mm-hmm. and killing that, uh, Alessa, I guess, still being somewhat ascended and still being somewhat, I guess, godly, if we want to call it that, uh, she's able to kind of reincarnate herself as a child. That 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 combined uh Alessa and Cheryl uh reincarnates as a as a as a baby. Okay. And Harry then leaves with the reincarnated Alessa slash Cheryl to, you know, hopefully give her a better life outside of that fucking town. And no matter what, Dahlia gets zapped. She gets lit she gets zapped yeah. by lightning and set on fire and dies. Um yeah, but- she gets the hard goodbye. Yeah, but th- it's a reincarnation of Alessa and or Cheryl. That's that's how she has she gotcha. doesn't have the baby. She becomes she reincarnates herself as a baby. Um, and the di- only difference between the good and the bad endings, really, it's kind of it's kind of negligible which one is canon because the only di- the only real difference is is if Sybil leaves town with Harry or not. I don't think Sybil ever shows up again uh in in any future game so it's kind of really i don't think she does yeah i think she's only Mm. in this game so it's kind of unimportant whether or not she survives yeah oh now i don't feel so that's funny because at first i thought it was kind of like a (laughs) at first i thought it was kind of like a metal gear situation but speaking which what year did you say this was 99 99 so this was after metal gear solid um so yeah, I guess that kind of covers the core thing. The other like s- subplot that's kind of going on and obviously playing into specific characters is the fact that, yeah, there's a big drug problem in Silent Hill, kind of fueled by Kaufman. Uh, you get no- uh, a note that insinuates that he's kind of responsible for the drug trade going on and thus kind of responsible for the fact that Lisa has a drug addiction. Uh, besides like the fact that... Um, she uh kind of like like Delilah mentioned, she kind of spirals more into that drug addiction when she's taking care of Alessa and it really, really bums her out. Uh by the way, it does look like I'm somewhat wrong. Uh Sybil Bennett is mentioned in a later game. So maybe the canon ending is that she survives. Mm, uh, I don't okay. know. I don't I don't know what that mention is. It's not like she shows up. Uh, she's just mentioned in the game, so uh, who knows? Maybe it's a mention just because she's dead or something. Uh, Maybe she uh, got fired for being a cop that just hands a gun to a random guy she picks up off the street. <laughs> um, Here, have you ever fired a gun? No, I have not. Okay, take it. <laughs> I guess... <laughs> By the way, apologies for the fact that I'm coughing. I've been sick recently. Um... What did you how did you guys feel about the the voice performances? Did they kind of lend to the campiness? Did you fucking hate it? Like it, it was it was key. over so like it, it lends to the overall yeah. you know my opinion of the game which is that it is it is a game that is simultaneously aged very well and very poorly. Um okay. in in many regards I, and I, I can't. The stuff that hasn't aged well, I don't really hold too much against it because it's not the only game. You know, the standard thing, the tank controls. I, at the very least, the tank controls work better here than 
I think they do in some of the older Resident Evils mm-hmm. because you do get more um, range and stuff. But going back to what you said about the voices, uh, <laughs> it's better than the um, than the little little F or yeah the FMVs you get uh, in Resident Evil, where it's like the actual the actual uh, footage of like real actors. Yeah. Although, at the, although at no, the same time, the go, go. yeah, <laughs> at, at this at the same time, like the lack, it's almost like the voice actors here had no idea what the context of what they were saying was. Mm. So the yeah. um, so the <laughs> the tone of what they're saying is the same the entire time. So it, it it was enjoyable. Or, it, or it was when cute. or when that tone is different, it's like really off putting and very yeah. uh unfitting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's totally fine just because I know what year this game came out. But like Ethan Winters from Resi Seven and Eight has the same kind of tone when he has his one-liners, and it just doesn't feel right now, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I'm able to accept it for an older game. Okay, I think another, I think a big problem that kind of lends to the just the 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 the, the weirdness of the of the delivery sometimes. Is that it almost sounds like I, I don't know for a fact that this is how the game is kind of optimized, but it sounds like individual voice clips are kind of loaded in throughout the cutscenes, and it kind of leads to this very unnatural flow. Like in the car- like in the one um the one scene where you're in the antique shop talking to Sybil and she's like Harry. Yeah. Tired. Yeah. <laughs> There's like this yeah. awkward pause between them loading in the audio clip and then offloading it and then loading in the next one and then offloading that. And that that that's yeah. kind of how the whole game kind of comes off uh, with, with how with how its uh, conversations are, are handled. I don't know exactly. for a fact that that's how it's optimized or set. Maybe it was a deliberate choice. And I I do have a big appreciation for this game now, a bigger appreciation for this game now, having watched through Twin Peaks, which was a big direct influence to both the game, the game itself and its story and how Akira Yamaoka composed the music. He was heavily inspired by Angelo Badlamenti, uh, who did the Twin Peaks score. So now having watched Twin Peaks and being a huge Twin Peaks fan, I have a whole newfound appreciation for this game. Uh, because of how inspired it was by it. Mm. Um, there's only one other ending we haven't talked about, and it's one that, I mean, I watched it. I've never actually achieved it, and one day I definitely think I will. Uh, and that's the, the super secret ending that you can only get on a, on a repeat playthrough, the UFO mm. ending. Delilah, did you happen to watch this at all? No, no, I didn't see it. <laughs> Was it's it almost in like the video ending, you sent? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's sure. almost like this ending knows that the voice acting is pretty bad because it like almost makes fun of the voice acting in the ending. Because it's just Harry standing in there talking to a bunch of aliens. Like, <laughs> Have you seen a little girl around here with black hair? And then you just hear the zap and the aliens and the picture of the aliens like fucking shooting a laser at him. It's... Yeah, so you can get this ending on a repeat playthrough. You you can get uh something called the channeling stone, and you have to use that at like five different places throughout the game. Uh, the last point you have to use it at is when you go to the lighthouse at the pier, and you go up to the top and you see like Alessa fade out, and Harry's like, "Damn, it's too I'm too late," 
and that's the last place you use it on so that's the earliest you can get the ending so it's pretty it's pretty close to the end of the game um but you do that you do the channeling stone in five different locations throughout the game and it triggers the ending where yeah literal ufos with aliens come flying in and they come out of their ufos and and harry's just asking them like have you seen this little girl and they just zap him and abduct him Jeez. and what's funny is that actually is like a continuing sub storyline throughout uh other silent hill games there's a That's ufo amazing. ending and a lot of others that kind of continue that uh, which is hilarious and amazing, yeah. Uh, not an ending. It's not. It's not a main ending. Obviously, it's not canon, but it's a fun extra that they put in again to promote replayability. Here's an extra ending that you can get if you if you do this very specific thing, and you kind of have to figure it out. Uh, it. I think it's very cool. I wonder if all these different endings messes with what is and what isn't canon in the rest of the games. Like I said, I, I avoided a lot of theories to avoid spoilers for future games until I actually play them. Right. I feel like almost as if this series doesn't have like a clear direction in terms of its story. So it, what I'll say is it varies from game to game. I, I feel like this... S- Silent Hill is much more, I'd say, lore focused around the town, and each game kind mm-hmm. of has like their own individual stories. Uh, the exception kind of being the fact that, and I don't want to talk about it uh, because obviously I don't want to spoil this game, but Silent Hill 3 is actually a direct sequel to this game. Oh. Uh, so that kind of ties into this game much more and kind of why this game needs to have some sort of canon ending. Uh, with the case of Silent Hill 2, I, again, I don't want to talk about it too much. I just kind of want to answer your answer your 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 comment. Silent Hill 2 has like six different endings, and it's kind of heavily up for debate on which one is canon because there is no there is no answer to that question, right? It's kind of um whichever ending uh, you could you could make the argument whichever ending you get is the canon one because it it really at the end of the day doesn't matter uh some people have make the argument of just talking about the characters and their motivations and what they go through and kind of looking at the endings analyzing them and saying i feel that this one would make the most sense and it's really all up to it's all up to interpretation it's kind of like everyone has their opinion about it but uh, the, 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 it's really much more about establishing the town and how it works, how it functions, and then putting these individual stories within its walls, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how it's supposed. That's kind of how the canon is supposed to be regulated: just establishing the rules of how it works, and then getting stories told within those rules, the bounds of those rules. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah, like a a like a loosely connected anthology, so to speak, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that kind of gets a little muddled considering Silent Hill three is a direct sequel to this game. Uh, But it's, it's not too, it's not too muddled, you know, it's Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. She's back. Oh, (laughs) everyone say hi to, to Jason's dog. If you're an audience member, yes. you, you say hi in the comments. 
She's um, she heard us. She's very excited. <laughs> yes, she wants to talk about Silent Hill too. She didn't. Uh, she did not like the portrayal of dogs in that game. I'm sure. <laughs> oh no, she did not like me beating the shit out of dogs with a sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there any other story bits? Uh, any story questions you guys wanted to bring up or talk about? Any characters that you wanted to discuss further? I wanted to know if there was any explanation for Cheryl, like where she came from. I mean, that I guess I can I can work on fact checking myself. I could have sworn there was something where like they, they just find her on the side of the road. Yeah, but maybe you I didn't mention I'm that. Wrong. That doesn't uh, sound because uh, yeah, I feel like this is a, a symptom of me thinking about the movie again. It. it it, it, she's not from Silent Hill. She's just adopted. Yeah. Right? Like, I, from I, I, I adoption I, I, agency. Honestly, I put so I much about the movie out of my mind, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Back checking myself. I wish I had. Yeah. That that is that is indeed the case. Uh Cheryl, I don't maybe it's not in this game, but I could have sworn there was something mentioning about them finding her on the side of the road. But she was found abandoned on the side of the road by okay. uh Harry and his wife Jody. Um, so they adopt her uh when they when they find her there and eventually Jody uh passes away. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the origin of Cheryl, uh, as far as Harry and and Jody are concerned. As far as becoming a Mason, um, but we all we we now also we've we've discussed that she was the product of Alessa's soul being split, right? Um, and as far as the town goes, like not everyone was part of the cult because th- there were people making fun of Alessa when she was younger yeah. for being the daughter of a cultist leader. Yeah, I but, don't think so, but I don't know. Okay. Like, you know, it's interesting. Like, you you look at a character like Kaufman or even Lisa, and there's not really much indication that they're. Well, I guess there's that there's that cutscene where they're talking over the bed of Alessa after after the ritual failed. Um, so maybe they are more involved than I'm than I'm really giving them credit. But yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't think that everyone is necessarily involved in the cult, but. It's it, you know it, it's possible. It's very. I, I would say the majority definitely are. Mm. It's kind of what le- has led to that town becoming so, uh, you know, <laughs> culty. <laughs> culty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Honestly, at the end of the day, a, a lot of the story seems to. Yes, as we said before, a lot of it is almost a reward for. Um, performing certain things correctly in game um but also a lot of it is just an excuse to set up the game as it is um so that's kind of how i took it i i I didn't uh i didn't try to look like too deeply at it Mm because i don't necessarily think the narrative per se it was meant to be the focus Um, yeah i agree with that I think the only reason I didn't even start thinking about it deeply until we started chatting and Mark gave the in theory about the the town and its origin and what's you know what happened. Um, I had now now the wheels are turning now that we're talking about it. But I I felt the same way you did, Jason, where it was like it's like Dark Souls. You can go through that and not know what the fuck happened. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I think with this game, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a puzzle without a reference image. You know, the pieces are there. They're, they're like largely all the pieces are there, but you kind of don't know how to put them together because it doesn't really it, it doesn't really give you an easy way to do that. Um, and like I said, the the only way I was able to really piece it together was w w was wiki hopping, and and this is people over you know the, the past two decades having put it all together, probably largely based on you know other games in the series, and also like what the devs have said probably after the fact. You know, it's not like they had to do it all themselves, but with yeah. uh, this this game, the pieces are there. It's just hard putting them together um without a reference yeah after after playing this game and after talking to you guys about it um and you telling me that the composer for the medium is the same as silent hill i think i have more of an appreciation for the medium because i actually was very middling on that game like i felt like it was okay and now i see after playing silent hill i see so much like dna there like they it's almost like a spiritual successor to silent hill in a in a weird way because it has like that two different world uh theming and the fixed camera angles and the the open to interpretation conversation it's like what's actually happening um so now now i i guess i'm just saying that because also blooper team who created the medium is rumored to be working on a new Silent Hill game. So now I'm starting to like the wheels are turning a little bit more I'm, when it comes I'm, to that game. I'm very cautiously optimistic about that. I mean, yeah. obviously we don't have to uh, we don't have to go on a long diatribe about this, but the Silent Hill franchise post Silent Hill really post Team Silent hasn't exactly been treated the best. <laughs> Uh, after Silent Hill 4, the last team Silent, uh, which is which is the name of that team within Konami that developed this game and and the three following games. Um, eh, Konami disbanded that team because they wanted Western developers to start working on the franchise and nobody really managed to capture that same magic you know a lot of those games as a lot of western developers kind of happened to to go uh was they were much more combat focused which isn't really like what folks wanted out of out of silent hill they want that it's yeah. jason you you bring up that the game is much more about like the gameplay or or the story kind of isn't the forefront but i would say it's much more about the atmosphere that's, that I was I was literally about to say that's why I use the Dark Soul reference. Yeah. Dark Souls is very much about what you would call soft world building um and uh atmosphere. Yeah, like the, yeah. The, and and I want to talk about it when as we talk about the town some more. Uh and and I want to know how you guys felt about navigating the town, but for a PS1 game and the, the the technical limitations obviously the fog was was definitely um definitely worked for them very well because it it enabled them to work with the low draw distance of the PS1 um simultaneously that's probably kind of, that's probably where the idea came from right mm -hmm. um i mean it's the same way that it's the same way that kojima developed the original metal gear he couldn't have many bullets on screen at once so he said well what if you tried to actively avoid confrontation and that's how the stealth genre was kind of born. Uh, in this case, it was th th there's a low draw distance on the PS1. We can't really render this whole town 
uh, like as it stands. Well, what if we don't, right? What if we just render the surrounding portion and as you move through it, it con- it comes in because this fog is clouding your vision. Um and it really it really worked because they made this whole town simultaneously feel extremely cla- claustrophobic. And in the environments, uh, you guys can agree or disagree, the environments for a PS1 game entirely rendered in 3D are super detailed. Mm. If you really go and look at, like, closely at, like, some of the textures, like, they they say a lot with very little. And I, I think it's astonishing how, how well they were able to build these environments in this atmosphere uh, on on the PlayStation 1. Really late into its life cycle, but still, it's 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 crazy to me. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll say is I I was definitely impressed because they're they reuse assets a lot, um, especially when you get into levels that are multi-tiered, where you're essentially in the same level multiple times for like each floor of a building per se, um, but they'll change it up just enough to make it feel like it's different when it really isn't, mm-hmm. um, which is an, an impressive an impressive feat of design for its time in and of itself. Um, while still maintaining, like you said, the atmosphere, which a lot of which has to do with um, not not even music, the ambient noises, um, the color palette, um, which, again, is another limitation um, that you're kind of working within is kind of your limited graph graphic goal range, I guess you could call it. Um, but using a very. Um, muted color palette to your advantage in that way yeah i was definitely worried going into this game that it being so pixelated would actually take away from me being scared but it was quite the opposite like even with my eyes being so used to like graphically enhanced things um the enemy designs the atmosphere it all scared the shit out of me and for an old game to do that is is really impressive. I I frankly I think this is one of the scariest video games of all time. It's definitely one oh, of yeah. the scariest video games I've ever played. Uh and I think it will it will maintain that because it doesn't it doesn't rely uh it doesn't rely on gore or it doesn't rely too heavily on jump scares there are some but like it doesn't rely too heavily and i think that when it does use a jump scare it uses it uses it very effectively um the example i want to bring up is if you go in the school there's a locker room and if you go in there just when it's the normal school uh, a cat jumps out of the locker if you go back there in the nightmare world like once once the school shifts to night the 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 nightmare version, you can go back yeah. in that locker room. You can open that locker, and there's nothing in there. You hear like banging mm-hmm. on it. There's nothing in there. It's just covered in blood. And then when you go to leave, a body quickly falls out. Body of one falls locker. out. Yeah. And like, it's it's a cheap scare, but it almost it subverts the expectations of that cheap scare. Right. It it kind of yeah. flips it on its head. It's like, oh, yeah, the thing that you thought was going to scare the shit out of you. No, it's something totally different. Um, I love that. I think that's so cool. And it it, it, it does that kind of stuff really effectively. Um, there's also the use of uh, a lot of there's a specific word, a word. I think it's a Japanese word, and it's slipping my mind right now for a genre of horror. 
Um, but the best example of it and the one that comes to mind first for me would be like the Ringu, the ring. Yeah. Um, the way that this game, and you can tell that that probably draws from this, which in turn goes back to way back to American cinema, um, like The Exorcist, uh, in the same way that Japan and America have always had kind of a media dialogue between film and various you know, types of uh, media. But um, what I was going to say is the way this game uses, um, in the same way that The Ring does, not even necessarily scary, but just discomforting imagery. Um, yeah. Like, especially when you start seeing, like, bodies and and body parts just kind of casually strewn or pinned to walls like yeah it's just off-putting rather than necessarily i didn't find it so much scary as it was disturbing which i almost preferred yeah same well to me the those disturbing stuff is what appeals to me like that's what actually makes me feel like uncomfortable whereas like jump scares or like slasher films like it's just funny yeah. it's just like uh it was yeah. loud oops <laughs> <laughs> um so let's double back uh how did you guys like the how did you guys like the aspect of like navigating the town getting a map and and running around finding dead ends and them getting marked on your map and how did you guys like that aspect? I, it just makes me want to remake. <laughs> like, so bad, because it's just, it, it's like that Resident Evil feel, like, just, and, and, and I wanted a system where I could, like, clear, a, like, a, a room and, ha you know, know that I got everything in there. I wanted that kind of system from it. Um, but, yeah, just, I felt like I wanted to go everywhere and explore everything. The only limitation was the tank controls were really difficult for me to go back to, so it made it mm -hmm. harder for me to want to explore in that way. And the limited draw distance, like you guys were talking about, but I, I just love that kind of level design um, that that is in, like, these kind of horror games. And they they introduced a really, what I thought was ingenious mechanic, given that limited draw distance, obviously brings up the use of the fog, which adds to the atmosphere. And then simultaneously, you come up with the design problem of, okay, in the open world, while you're exploring, how are you going to know where the enemies are? You know, what? how are you going to interface with um, the obstacles in your way? Which brings up then the radio, which yeah. that crackling noise, there's no music going on. You just hear the crackling as you, it's almost like sonar as you get closer to an enemy. It gets louder. It's also how you know that an enemy is actually dead because there's no like health bars or anything, um, which is ingenious because it, it's simultaneously an awesome gameplay element that's very intuitive, almost almost kind of like Dead Space with the stuff the on your actual armor rather yeah. than like a health bar. Um, but at the same time, it also adds again to that atmosphere and that level of like off puttedness. And I think the way they introduce you to the to the radio is also genius. You know, Harry walks up to it and just says, oh, it, this is this isn't working. OK, he goes to leave and it starts making noise. And then when he really like goes to, to walk out, that's when an enemy comes crashing in to a safe room of all things. The first yeah. safe, the first the first safe room uh, that, that, that in the entire game, the first one that you're in. Uh, this enemy just comes crashing in after the radio starts going off and you have to kill it. And then the radio stops making the noise. And that's how you know what the radio is there for. 
that that's the introduction and it also has a dual has a yeah it has that dual uh purpose of there's no other safe room in the game that enemies can come into but it really makes you think that maybe they can if this one just come <laughs> came barreling in uh so that 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 kind of can help to the to the unsettlingness of for the rest of someone's playthrough you know um it's I also think... just fun when when I finally get the uh, sledgehammer weapon and like it's just going off crackling and I'm just smashing the attack buttons, uh, <laughs> beat up these like nurses in the hospital until the radio shuts off. Like so, like there might be an enemy nearby I don't know about. I think that the nurse on the ground is still alive, so I'm just fucking beating her with a hammer. Like I also think to. Uh... To something you mentioned, Delilah, and I. This won't be the last time we bring it up that or draw the comparison. Um, when it comes to comparing this to Resident Evil and like knowing when you've cleared a room, I think this game really benefits from having when you go into a room, they're much smaller, and if yeah. so, if it has something in it, it might only have like one or two items max. It's really easy to tell, and and they're also. Um, placed typically pretty distinctly from the rest of the environment so you can really tell like that's a box of handgun ammo that i can pick up or that's a belt that's part of a gurney that i can't that i can't interact with you know they're yeah. typically they're typically um separated well enough that you can you can make that distinction between them and it's not really yeah that's true to, like pick stuff up and what makes it very helpful is that if you interact with an item that you're not sure what to do with, which is especially apparent in the school, uh, the elementary school, it'll bark on the map, it'll like circle it and put like like head or piano or clock. So that's how I knew, oh, I got to do something there. Um, but the only time that I really wanted that kind of, because you're right, you, there's only a few items per room and the rooms are very small, but the only time that I really wanted it was when I was exploring the outside yeah, because yeah. there were some like areas that you can go into and like pick up extra ammo and stuff like that, that I actually like, I, I'm pretty sure I missed several of them, but I did the see some spaces. Yeah, exactly. The police station. And they, see, this and is they... actually something I, I enjoy though about the gameplay. So I was... I was talking to Mark, I think it was, maybe it was yesterday, or I don't remember. It was before we started recording this. Um, I actually went through the entire game without getting the rifle, which you actually get from a boss fight. It's And as Mark explained to me, I completely missed this. It's from the cutscene at the beginning of the boss fight indicates to you to go pick it up. I never realized, I never, it never even occurred to me after the boss fight or during it to go pick it up. And yeah. then once you get a little ways past there's no way to go back and get that weapon um so i almost there's something about that old school game design that i just find appealing um in that there isn't that i don't want to call it hand holding necessarily it's almost there isn't that what i guess we would today call quality of life um yeah. where like it will give you an indicator on the map that you cleared a room you know then and maybe that just kind of goes back to old games that I love, like Final Fantasy VI, where like there's a ton of characters that you can completely miss and therefore miss their stories. Or even in Seven has some of that as well. But, um, you know, that sort of... I enjoy that sort of thing um, just because it, it almost makes it feel like more of an achievement when you do 
find that stuff and you do get it, it it feels like a like an actual reward for the effort you put into explore uh and dig into the game. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say is that it it feels it rewards exploration, right? And and on those maps, typically the 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 areas the the um structures that you can go and interact further with i think they try to give you a, a a subtle hint that you can in that on your map they're a different color so there's like a convenience store that's a different color from all the generic buildings all the rest of the generic buildings on your map i think the police station is the same way so that helps i didn't even notice that that's so cool i <laughs> so feel that... like an idiot now <laughs> that's okay it's like <laughs> It's something that you, if you pick up on, you can go investigate, and then when you find that, oh, this actually is something I can enter, and there's more items in here, that's great, then then you're kind of rewarded for, for checking that out and, and attempting to see if there was more there. That doesn't help with um, other things in the town, because you can find ammo just like in back alleyways, sitting on top of trash cans, or behind a gate somewhere. Um but it's all it, again it's all just servicing exploration it's all just rewarding like hey you decided to go check this out there's some enemies here but there's also some ammo maybe a health drink or two you know it, it, it kind i i agree with on on the 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 old school game design sensibility and how it it kind of does feel more it feels more rewarding and less about checking off boxes you know like Delilah and I, you were uh we're both trophy hunters you know we 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 are obsessed with completing things, and this kind of harkens back to a time where you you could be obsessed with completing things, or you might not have to be obsessed with completing things to get through the game and enjoy it. But kind of having that uh, obsessive behavior, it helps, and you're kind of rewarded for it uh, in game with extra items to help you get through sticky situations and things like that. Um. Yeah, uh, talking about the rifle because Jason brought it up. There, it, it's the it's. I think it's the second boss, the sand, the the sandworm. Yeah, boss. The sandworm. Yeah, and the the camera angle. Once you're given control back to Harry, yeah, it's 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 pointing back at that gun rack, and there's oh. the rifle supposed to be sit uh, sitting there. And you're you don't. I mean, you don't have to pick it up, Jason. You beat the game without picking it up. It's. I w- I just had a shit ton of rifle ammo at the end of the game. The whole <laughs> game, I'm like, when am I getting the rifle? Like. Can I load this into my handgun? <laughs> I mean, I, I was content with the hammer, man. I, I, yeah. Until the last boss, you can't use melee right. in the last boss. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, well, well, I, I actually, since we talked about the boss, well, no, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, 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 we'll finish talking about some of the uh, level design first, and then we'll talk about the bosses. But okay, um, yeah, let, let's talk about the levels and kind of how they're structured uh, on a little more broader sense, not necessarily just how they pertain to the story. The school is the first level. How did you guys feel about the puzzles in the school? I thought the school and the very last level were the only two levels that had actual puzzles. Okay. Um, Because, yeah, there was like, they gave it, the school gave you the three papers with the riddles on it. And you kind of had to piece it together. Although that piano one was a little bit too. This is where I obtuse. wanted to. This is where I was going with this. Is I yeah. wanted to know about uh, know about your I guys' had, experience uh, with the I'm, infamous piano. I'm not piano gonna lie. Puzzle. 
some of them were intuitive. I, I thought that the piano one was a little obtuse, but after a few uh, a few tries, I realized, okay, this is a little deeper, and then I finally got it. But one of them, actually, there were a couple where it got to a point where I was just like, I'm looking this up. And when I looked it up, it even said, I'm not even going to bother explaining how this makes sense. Just do this. Which, like, which yeah. Out of curiosity. I, I, um, was it the one where you're in the room and there's like three pictures on each side and then three things and you got to enter a number for each of the three pictures oh. at the end of the room? Yeah. Oh, the Zodiac one. That That's... It seems like a Zodiac one. That one? There, there is an explanation for that. The number represents yeah, you... how many yeah. limbs they have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. It like tricks you, right? Because you see like us, like a a Sagittarius symbol and a Cancer symbol. So you think you have to count. Like that's for, for a while. I was like, I have to figure out like how, what the order is of zodiac. Yeah. So I'm like, but wait, that doesn't make sense. And, and I think I eventually think the first time, I was I figured it out. I think the first time I played the game, that's where my mind went too. Was I was like, oh god, I gotta fucking look up zodiac shit now and figure out. Yeah. What it's like no, it's just how many appendages they have. So like, uh, yeah. the, the the I think there's one with the uh the, the the two twins. The answer would be eight because they have they they both have two arms right. and two legs, four limbs each. Um, no, some right. of the puzzles some of the puzzles worked very well. Like some like in terms of the poetry. I mean, the only problem is that because you can't like carry them with you if you forget something, you have to mm-hmm. go back. And sometimes it's a far way to go back and yeah. to read it. Um. But, you know, I, I think for the most part, the puzzles work. There were a few that I think they took it a little too far. Um, and had I, it, if we weren't in the age of the, if this was 1999. Yeah. And, you know, I had to go boot up my dial up AOL for <laughs> fucking and, and go look up. I hope there's a guide somewhere yeah, online. Did... Uh, I would be really pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the piano one, the reason why that one was the most annoying to me is because I felt like the the hint was clear. Like, the you'd match the color of the bird to the yeah. placement of the bird. That was, I was like, that's dope. But then I thought that it had to do with the sound of the piano is you doing it right. But it was quite the opposite. Oh. And it, there's a clue... There's a clue that says like, oh, like lack of sound or lack of silence or something. But mm-hmm. I didn't even put that together. So I thought every time I heard the click instead of the piano key that I was doing it wrong. So that's where I got stuck. And then. <laughs> so did, yeah. you, did you figure it out on your own or did you have to look it up? I figured it out on my own, but I was streaming it. So somebody was like, you have the oh, right idea, okay. but think, but look at the note again. And then I looked at the note again. And that's how I was like, oh, okay. okay. I'm glad yeah. I'm glad someone didn't just give it away but was kind of helping you yeah. along. I I wish I could have tuned in for you for you streaming that game. Uh I'm I'm kind of yeah. bummed that I missed it. Um oh. but okay. Um what other puzzles were there? There's, yeah, some of them were pretty like I always thought the tile one was too easy like the colored tiles where it gives you like that that Oh yeah, that was that was easy, yeah. Yeah, stupidly easy. The I I really overthought the one with the Grim Reaper the Grim Reaper's list, um, where it oh. has like the age of people it's and a, the, their names, and it's, it's I wrote it all an out. Anagram. And, I forget what it's called. Uh, I I wrote it an acronym. Acronym. 
there's like a there's like a term for when you have like a list of words and then the first letter of every word yeah. forms yeah P- point I being know. i forget what i i i uh I wrote it all out. I have. I still have my note on my phone from when I solved the piano puzzle and from when I solved that puzzle. And I, I wrote all that out, put them in number order, and because I, because I was like, oh, I think I need their their full initials. And then I look at the the first letter of each one, and it spells out a word. And I'm like, I just needed the first fucking letter. I could have done this without writing <laughs> it all out. So I spent like ten minutes <laughs> writing it all out, and I was like, oh, god damn it. So, yeah, yeah. But even I that think... clue was pretty. They was pretty clear. They were like, "Oh, do it according to youngest to oldest or age or something like that." Yeah, I just overthought it as as far as how many letters I would actually need to solve it. Um, but I think we're, we're going back to that Resident Evil comparison because you know when this game came out, it was obviously very. Uh, it it was looking at Resident Evil and kind of say, "Okay, how we how can we improve upon this?" You know, it's very similar. It's got the tank controls, it's a survival horror game. Uh, there's there's puzzle mechanics. There's sim- like pretty similar combat. Um, I think this game has like stronger puzzle design because all the puzzles don't just boil down to find the thing and find use thing, the thing insert in the right into slot. Yeah, right. It's they 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 actually the the puzzles in Silent in in Silent Hill. Uh, and and other Silent Hill games, they make you actually think. You have to use your brain head, um, and, and and actually solve a problem in order to move forward. Not just go explore enough until you find the the key for the the keyhole. You know. Yeah, that's. And true. I really admire that. And, yeah, me too. And and I think that to Jason's point, though, like in the instance of the elementary school puzzles where you get the riddles in the beginning why do we have to go all the way downstairs to read the fucking note like just let harry pick up the note and i can pick it up while i'm wherever i am and then like figure it out so that was like that was a gripe for me and also the rubber the rubber ball thing like (laughs) i couldn't how was i supposed to see the damn hole upstairs (laughs) like i knew i had to do something upstairs like but i thank god i turned on the the pipe by accident and it was like oh it's like going but like i was looking forever for something for this rubber ball and i couldn't figure it out yeah that's pretty unintuitive let's clog this storm drain with a rubber ball yeah (laughs) i mean and (laughs) i think that kind of that that's kind of similar to like a lot of uh point and click adventure games from the same era where you'd get like some really you'd get like some really weird shit and you'd have to you would have like no idea how that's supposed to to move you forward and you find it in this yeah. like weird way that's like oh that's really that that makes like no sense but i kind of i kind of get it i think like rim fandango yeah, that's, has that's like a really a example of that yeah that's how a lot of my thinking on this game is where i have to kind of take myself back to that time period yeah of gaming um because we're talking about it right now very much from like a post Skyrim streamlined design philosophy that everything follows mm-hmm. um, in every genre, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and this is this game. Like I could have, I, 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 I could have seen myself if I had played this game back when it came out, being you know the same way I was when I played Ocarina of Time for the first time, 
uh, stun the water temple for like a fucking month. Like, <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, it's really funny. Uh, when I when I was playing it, I I Katie was sitting next to me the whole time, and I walked into the room with the rubber ball, and I'm like, "Ooh, I'm gonna pick up this rubber ball," and she's like, "The fuck are you gonna use that for?" Like, what what are you gonna use that for in the school? And then later, when I'm up on the roof, I'm like. Oh, I really need to get this water flowing. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Oh, you know what? I'm going to stick this rubber ball in here. And she's like, really? <laughs> That's the solution? That's what it's for? And I'm like, yep. The rubber ball is also kind of randomly placed. Um, It's kind of, it's easy to miss. I got lucky. I just happened to, because I was exploring, I just happened to yeah. pick it up. But when I thought back to where it was, it's like you could easily just run past that yeah, room. Yeah, it's a little yeah. speck. It's, it's a little pixel. And it's cause, it's kind of because the, the the school deliberately has like a lot of rooms that you can go into that don't really have much more than uh, a box of handgun ammo and a shit ton of enemies. Um, so you can you can as, when you once you get to the nightmare version of it, like you could get, potentially get in the habit of just like skipping past a lot of those main rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 just going to like the the like the big areas, you know. Um, I guess the we we talked a little bit about the hospital as well. How did you guys? How do you guys like the sewers? It's like the only other level in the game, like level quote unquote. Um, did, they're boring. You, yeah, um, a little frustrating too. If if you that's ask, that's where me. I ran out of ammo. Yeah, because <laughs> you had to shoot the enemies because they wouldn't, or else you couldn't proceed because it was so narrow. Yeah, that really bothered me. And I then just I wound ran. Up... Yeah, because at that point, like I, I was in the same situation. I was in the same boat as you, and I had no healing stuff. So, and they did a lot of damage, especially if they yeah. hit you dropping down. So, and for me, I accidentally, um, I I reloaded into my 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 previous save. Uh, once you beat the game, you save the game and you have something called Next Fear and that lets you start like New Game Plus where you can find new items and stuff in the uh, through through the game on repeat playthroughs, but it also ups your difficulty. Uh, yeah. So I played on normal the first time. So without thinking, I start that I start that new game and it starts me on hard and I kind of forgot about that mm. uh, until I get to the school and I start having I start dying really easily to the to the the monster children mm-hmm. and i'm like why the hell is this so much harder than i remember and then i found out oh when i started looking up like what are some of the other items that i can get on this playthrough and found out oh next fear ups the difficulty i'm playing on hard that explains why i'm having such a hard time <laughs> um it's also an interesting um this game places a lot more f- emphasis on melee than say resident evil does yeah. So you really do have to get yourself out of that mindset of using your gun all the time, especially mm-hmm. in those close quarters where it's very easy to get swamped and it's yeah. very hard to get out of it once you get swamped. Um, yeah. And then you got to learn how to time your melees. Uh, but yeah. once you do, it is very satisfying for a game of that uh, generation. Yeah. So I, I guess we have Jason's opinion. But Delilah, what did you how did you feel about like the that 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 combat being a little more melee focused? I mean, guns are obviously still in play and the, there's not much variety, but like they really obviously want you to use melee weapons quite a bit. How did you did you enjoy that? It didn't only because um, 
if you would melee an enemy and, and another enemy was there, the enemy would <clears throat> attack you while you're meleeing. So I felt like I felt like I kind of had no control over that. Whereas if I use a gun, I could like get distance and shoot one, and then the other one comes up, bang it over the head. Um, so I don't think I liked it too much. But to be honest, I mostly ran past enemies. I didn't even bother fighting them because okay. I was just so. I started I, doing that a lot too. Yeah, I had a yeah. lot of ammo saved up by the end, especially because. My first real lesson was uh, when I had to beat the, the that moth boss with the hammer, and I was just standing next to the because you fight it on a roof. Yeah, yeah. there's like a big water tower, and I like climb the stairs. I'm just standing next to a water tower, smashing a giant moth with a <laughs> sledgehammer. Like, I didn't even know you could melee that boss. I didn't either, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, man. Yo, that That's sledgehammer. So- that was. That was a godsend when I found that. Because <laughs> up until that point, you just have uh, the knife. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, there's you, also a pipe. But... You can get a pipe. Yeah, and I know later on, you. It, I don't know if you need to do it on subsequent playthroughs, but there's a katana and a yeah. chainsaw. So, yeah. Is that hammer, too, I, I think, or axe that I got? And, there's, a, there's also um... an axe. Yeah. Uh, the axe I got, yeah, and but the axe isn't as good as the hammer in terms of like damage. I think, but I think you can move with the axe. You can't really move with the hammer. Yeah, the hammer you really have to learn how to time it because because mm-hmm. you can get damaged. You can miss your swings really easily, even if they're like right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like you have to know the distance and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, talking about moving with uh, the axe. Uh, the the combat in this game is much more versatile and much more mobile than Resident Evil. First of all, you can you can sh- aim and and move at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, ages before, Brief, yeah, yeah, you, like and yeah, you can move side to side. You can do like a little hop back dodge thing. Uh, as Harry, if you if you press the right uh button combination, there is a quick I didn't know turn. That. Yeah. There, there is a quick turn too, which is it mapped to a really weird position. You have to press L one yeah. and R one at the same time to to have him quick turn, which I thought that was odd. Uh, and it's I very important. Be... It doesn't really, it doesn't really intuitively tell you about it, mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of necessary for that one boss fight, the worm. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. wish I would have knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the I guess let's talk about the boss, the boss fights, or even just the enemy variety in general. How did you feel about the the variety of enemies? Because I feel like there's a lot more than you think. You know that you got those pterodactyl motherfuckers. You got the 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 dogs, the children in the in the school, the mumblers, which are those ones with like the like the the big teeth that you run into, and the big claws. Um, I think you don't run into them until nowhere. Uh, the yeah. nurses like and those... doctors, and then they have stuff like there are the little shadows of children that they yeah. show up in the school, but they don't do anything. Yeah. But then later on in the game, they actually start damaging you. Yeah, when you're and in it nowhere. Take, yeah, and you, it takes you completely by surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also bugs and those weird slimy things in the sewers. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Did 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 any of them particularly like a nerve you? I mean, we've already a lot's already been said about the the radio noise, uh, kind of being the sole thing to to unsettle you as the as the player. But any enemy designs or boss designs that worked for you that you really liked, or 
honestly, the baby, uh, the kids uh, in the elementary school were the scariest looking of the regular enemies. I didn't yeah. find the nurses or anything like, or any of the other ones to be scary. Like the dogs weren't scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and the little black children also freaked me out a little bit at first when I heard the like squeaking. I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Um, in terms of the bosses, I think the only one that I liked the design of was the very first one in the in the basement. A crocodile, whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I think it, I Don't think it's it. supposed to be the lizard. Is what or the lizard? Yeah, something thing. like that. Is like what, what, yeah, it's like what it's referred to. I'm thinking like, Resident Evil. Yeah, the crocodile. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I would say that's probably. Uh. It's not the best designed one, but it's the most. Uh. I, I I would say it's the second most unnerving design for me. Uh, I'd say the, the the best is probably the incubator, the glowing Alessa uh, when you get a bad mm-hmm. ending. I think that's it's just the the way the, the contrast of of the brightness of that of that boss with the rest of the arena. It creates a, a, a really interesting mood. And just kind of knowing the kind of the bleak point the story is at at that point and how like all hope is kind of lost. Uh, I, I think that one really works for me. I wish the fight was actually good, but I, I do agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, real quick, I do want to talk about the fucking nightmare that is the final boss in that like the boss just the incubator doesn't move at all and just zaps you with lightning. I think Incubus flies around, but still just zaps you with lightning uh, playing yeah. that. Playing that boss on hard mode, I only had one health drink. I could not beat it. Yeah. Until I found about I found out about a trick that they implemented to make things a little easier on the player. Oh. If you expend all your ammo by the time like either during or within that boss fight, they have a contingency to make sure that the boss fight ends no matter what. So I used all my ammo before I even walked into the arena, and I just had to run around for five minutes until she just died on her own. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Have, I, I would not have been able to beat it. I did not have enough ammo, and I only had one health drink. And yeah. a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, those those um more like corporeal enemies that are in nowhere, the ones that are kind of translucent, uh. That that came up and just they just kept grabbing me and even just a grab takes away half my health on hard. I I used up almost all my health uh, stuff in, 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 towards the end of that level because I just kept getting grabbed and uh, I I couldn't I had to use up a lot of ammo to kill them and like sometimes they respawned. Just yeah, the same boat. yeah. I mean, even on normal mode, the lightning takes one to two hits before you're dead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but fun, fun little thing that I learned, you know, replaying the game is that you can use up all your ammo before you even get to that boss fight and you just have to run around in a circle dodging the lightning and it will just die on its own. Cool. Yeah, oh. they, I think that did some weird thing. I, I don't think that was the only boss. I, I have a feeling that the other bosses had some scaling because I was looking at guides. And... Particularly with the Sybil fight, I saved up so much ammunition because I knew that there was a boss fight coming up soon. Because mm-hmm. um, I knew there were, like, what is it, four in total? Or wait, no, one, two, three, four, five in total. Um, yeah, something like that. I don't know. 
Um, and so I had a ton of ammo when I went into Sybil. And in the guides, it's like, okay, you just have to let her expend her 10 shots. And then it should only be, you know, kind of like a dozen shotgun shells or something. I ended up shooting like 50 pistol bullets into her, like 20 shotgun shells. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I was just running around the carousel over and over again. I do, I do think they scale the boss health to your ammo situation for all the fights. Maybe. Interesting. But also, the thing with Sybil is just if you once she drops her gun, if you just use the uh, Aglophotus on on her. I didn't have it. Like, yeah, I know. I know. But like, yeah, yeah, it makes it easy. Makes it trivial. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of have to dodge and shoot for a little bit and then just use that. It's uh, it's handy. Uh, the last thing that I know I want to talk about before we end the show is I just do want to touch on the music. Um, how did you guys like the more industrial soundtrack of this game? Did that did that also lend to the atmosphere? Did that also help to unnerve and unsettle you? Yeah, for sure. No, definitely the the, the music that was used in game was awesome. I. I really liked some of the tracks that played uh, during like cutscenes. Um, some of those, I, I think they were using like acoustic guitars. Like, I, I, yeah, the opening, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, kinda, but the opening yeah. song kind of uses some, uh, some like more electric guitar sounds, and uh, but it's like re- really light strumming, right? It's not like the guitar is yeah. not the focus of that, uh, or the, the, the like the majority of the. Uh, it's more of like a. Um, almost like a mandolin, you know, something higher pitch. That's uh, yeah. the primary focus in the opening song. Uh, um, it, it was a, it was a very, it was a very interesting sound um, to it that contrasted very much with that industrial sound that you're talking about that you hear in game. Um, so yeah, no, I overall, I thought the sound design was a 10 out of 10 in this game. I, I ask because this is, this is easily one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Um, game like game soundtrack well really soundtracks in general uh i really really love this soundtrack it's when this time of year rolls around by the way we're recording this at the beginning of october so happy spooky month um this this time of year uh this this is like my favorite soundtrack to put on my uh to put on my turntable uh the silent hill soundtrack is like definitely my most spun record uh what are you doing in your house man what do you mean (laughs) Oh, just like what's going that, on there? You just have that. You that just on. have that industrial sound playing as you're walking around your house. It just, like, it's it, it. No, it's just like nice to set a mood, a spooky mood. It's just uh, it it's it's just great. It's such a great soundtrack because yeah, and, it's and just that music so is just playing in the background and Halloween. Like, the kids <laughs> knock on the door and open up. The parents, yeah. the parents are there and they just hear that playing in the background. Like, uh, yeah, we're gonna go to the next house. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, it's just what what can I say? It's it's just for for putting on like a horror soundtrack, it's it's easily my favorite one to put on. Uh because of the ones that I own, it is it, it is definitely the creepiest. Uh Yeah. So, yeah, I I just, I just definitely wanted to talk about the 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 soundtrack real real quick. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we move on to the final question? No. no, I don't think we covered it. Cool. 
Uh, I guess the final question is, do you guys do you guys feel this game is overall aged well? Um, I think there's a lot of has aged. Go ahead. Sorry. I think there's a lot of elements to it, like the the environment, um, how eerie it made me feel, how tense it made me feel that aged extremely well. Like I said, I was surprised at how tense I was playing this game for how old it is. But definitely like the tank controls and the pixelation obviously has not aged well, but you know, it's an old game, so Yeah, like I said at the beginning, uh some of it aged very, very well, some of it um not so much. But I think that the stuff that didn't age well was not nearly as important as the stuff that did age well. Um yeah. I think most importantly the overarching um design philosophy of the game aged extremely well and how everything kind of came together which despite the you know we already talked about several things that frustrated us about it uh still made it enjoyable to play um and kind of refreshing you know in an age where every game seems to kind of have checklists it's like go here this is checked off go there this is checked off it's like no this is just a sandbox that is extremely well designed and and gives you a very distinct artistic vision. Um, go go have fun in it, uh, even even if sometimes you're laughing at it a little bit because of its uh, you know because uh because of the time that it comes from. But yeah, some of the campiness. Mm. Yeah, but again, again, like I said before, it's cute. It gives it character. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, I, I, I'll, you know, I'll mostly agree with what you guys said. Like, I, I personally, uh, I know Delilah, you pretty largely don't like tank controls. I think in certain spe- certain situations, I think they they work better than uh, free control. Um, classic Resident Evil with the fixed camera angles and the and the and the uh, pre rendered backgrounds. I think they 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 work exceptionally well because of when those. When those angles shift, um, pressing up still makes him move, makes your character move forward no matter what. Yeah. So when that when those angles shift, it helps to just keep going forward because you're still pressing that same input and you don't have to shift that in any way. With this game, it, it's a little different because this game is it isn't using any of those pre rendered backgrounds. It's fully three D environments, and mm-hmm. I do really like that they pull off like the one where you're going into the into the alley at the beginning of the game. How they pull off that cool like camera swoop where it swoops. I guess we gotta go that you. way. <laughs> yeah, I really really like cool tricks that it plays like that, and I still think that tank controls lend well to that. But it does get hard with combat sometimes especially when you're surrounded by enemies, there's multiple enemies, it kind of makes it difficult to to really use. Um, but yeah, I, I think that in th- this game aged extremely well in the aspects that really matter. And that's kind of mm-hmm. why this game still, to this day, stands out and is still like one of the scariest video games. And I, you know, I've played a lot of horror games. I know you guys have too. But this this game still stands among them in terms of fear factor. It mm-hmm. it really just it really hit where it counts, and I think that's really that's really something special for a game yeah. for a game this old. Mm-hmm. It also works in their favor that they chose to go the magic or or I should say a cult route. 
yeah, rather than more uh, supernatural than rather than yeah the it's uh, I like to call it the Metal Gear trap where and this also applies to Resident Evil which is where I was going is that you know you try to use a scientific explanation and then every time you want to introduce some new crazy thing there's some new crazy pseudo scientific explanation yeah. as to why this thing is there's like some possible. plot there's like some plot MacGuffin or Deus Ex Machina it's just nano like, machines yeah, yeah nano machines like that's how everything which, in Metal Gear if, is explained if you've seen the latest James Bond movie yeah um but yeah, this is this is it. It does. I, I think it also helps to the atmosphere of like where this game is much more supernatural than scientific, and uh, the supernatural the supernatural elements are much more unknown than even pseudoscience that like Resident Evil uses. Because like everybody yeah. understands zombies, and nothing too crazy is going to happen with. Well, I mean, I say that, but Resident Evil pretty much in every game goes off the rails in some in some capacity. But like with Silent Hill, you don't know what's going to be around that corner. You don't know, and you don't know what's like past the darkness, past the fog, and it's not you. You what you do know is it's just not like another person, even if that person's like a zombie. You know, it could be some fucked up demonic dog or some pterodactyl that's going to rip your face off. Um, you, you just don't know. So, all right, what do you say we wrap this bad boy up? Yeah. Um, are you gonna ask a final question? Or was that, that was the my final that question? was my final question? I was gonna ask okay. about like what do you hope from the recent rumors? That was a question I had on here, but honestly. I don't really care. Like Silent Hill. There's been rumors, so many rumors for so long. Right. There's been so at this point where we're where we're at, this day of that we're recording of October what, fifth? Uh, there have been in the past year alone just so many Silent Hill rumors. And like, look, I'm sure something's coming. We've gotten rumors recently that Konami is planning like a big return to premium gaming. There's the there's the confirmed partnership that Bloober team is working on something for Konami. And it's, you know, what else could Bloober, a heavily uh, uh, horror centric developer, what else could they work on from Konami if not Silent Hill? I guess Castlevania maybe, but yeah. that doesn't really seem very fitting. There they were really rumors. Of, there were the rumors of Metal Gear One, and now I saw somewhere rumors of Metal Gear Three. Right. Um, and this is a whole other conversation for another time. What I'll say is that, um, because this this recent Konami report came from Video Game Chronicle, which is like a pretty a pretty reliable source at this point. They they've they've reported on things that have come true. They have their sources in check. They have good reporters. They're doing good work. The problem with right now where we're at in October fifth, twenty twenty one, is that there are so many people that go on Reddit and leak things that aren't real, and it's kind of muddied the waters in terms of what we can and can't trust. And to an extent, like that's made it that's made it so that, you know, when 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 someone does publish an article and they have sources that they can't necessarily share, well, people are still skeptical because, well, no, if you're going to tell us that this is happening, we want proof of that. And like, that's fine and well, but there's no reason to believe that they're lying if they're reliable and they have their sources in check. Some random asshole on Reddit that can post anything they want, it's happening it's been happening so much over the past year that it makes all these things really difficult to track and really difficult to believe because so many of them have not come true 
Yeah. Fair. I think a lot of it is also, and and this this goes for both people who are posting stuff um, willy nilly without double checking it, and for people who do, you know, check their sources. Is so much of this shit happens at a point in development that has already passed that their information is already outdated by the time they posted it. Like they could be talking about a project that was in active develop, like pre. Um, production and then it ended up going nowhere right so yeah i mean i put i I guess that's what i think about the recent rumors is and i guess it all boils down to this simple statement i'll believe them when i see them <laughs> yeah for sure yeah oh but if there was to be a, a, a ream uh, okay what would you want from silent hill would you want and just talking about silent hill because mm-hmm. we'll play silent hill too i'm sure or maybe it applies the same. Would you want it to be like a remake in the way that Resident Evil has gotten uh, remakes, where it's almost a completely different game? It feels completely different. No more fixed camera angles, that kind of thing. Or would you want it to just be like a remaster in where like they clean everything up and add textures or whatever? So, um, but keeps like the core gameplay, like here, fixed so camera angles. Here's the thing, right? Like, because there's no way, there's no way anyone that's going to get this property is going to make the, is just going to remaster the game, right? Like, they're not going to keep the tank controls. They're not going to keep the camera angles. They're not going to keep that stuff. I don't want a full fledged remake of this game or any other Silent Hill. I just want them to make a new original Silent Hill game. Anyone, make a new original one. New characters, new story. Like, uh, like, that's where the, that's where this this franchise thrives is on its original stories within within that town and I think uh, obviously Western developers as I, as I said before like they got so caught up in like making combat like games more focused on combat I think that really that really obviously took a lot out of the of what made the franchise so great and. I, that's what I fear would happen if this game were to be remade. And now this, the first Silent Hill did get a reimagining. It got something called uh, Silent Hill Shattered Memories, which was a reimagining of the first game, but it's not really a remake because they changed so much, so radically, even the story, that it's not really the same game anymore. Um, and that d- game did have some cool ideas. Um, but in terms of anything new to come out of this franchise, I don't want them to remake this game. Like to me, this game is sacred, right? And it doesn't need to be Mm. touched. And I don't trust anyone at this point uh, to do it to, to, if they're going to remake it, to do it justice. I think the best case scenario was if this game got a remake similar to the original resident evil and its GameCube remake in 2002, where it was fundamentally the same game with some new content, but all fixed camera angles, all still pre-rendered backgrounds. It still played the same, and it, it just it just made, took all that and made it better. Mm-hmm. But th- to me, that is like lightning in a bottle. You're not going to catch it again. There's not going to be another remake of that of that caliber. It's all going to be like, oh, what if we made it third person, uh, or like, what if we made it over the shoulder th- third person, and it's an over the over the shoulder shooter, and what if we really worked on the melee mechanics? Like, no, just keep all that shit simple. That that's not where this game's that's not where this game thrives. It's not where it's not where it excels, you know. And I I don't trust anyone to really do that right. 
except for maybe fans. Like I'm sure, f- like fan, if if fans were able to do that without getting shut down by Konami, they would do it justice. But I don't trust anyone else to do it, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, I guess before we wrap up on the topic of playing Silent Hill Two and why I'm not sure we ever will play that game. Um, there, if if this is your entry point into the Silent Hill franchise. If you want to continue, please don't play Silent Hill 2 and 3, or please don't play the HD collection that came out on PS3 and Xbox 360. Um, They had to work with very minimal of the original games. The Konami didn't quite have all the source code and source material, so they are notoriously buggy. They are notorious. They have notorious uh, changes that everyone that loved those games hates, uh, especially with Silent Hill 2. Uh, like the, the, the one example I'll give is they lifted the fog quite a bit so that draw distance is extended. And how does that help to create the unnerving and claustrophobic atmosphere that you guys experienced with this game? It's much to its detriment. You can see what's ahead of you. That's already a problem. Uh, so yeah, if you wanted to continue with the with the franchise, like it's kind of hard because you kind of need like original copies of the games, like PS2 copies. I think the PC ports are like somewhat effective, or you know, at this point, I'll just say emulate the PS2 versions, but don't play those HD copies. And that's kind of why I'm wary about ever doing Silent Hill 2. As much as I really, really want to, is just I don't it's a lot to ask of you guys and of our audience to track down copies of the game like that, that are the most ideal to play. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to um, limit your experience to something that's half-assed. You know what I mean? Uh, oh yeah. A copy of Silent Hill one for the PlayStation one is a couple hundred dollars at this point. I know? mean, it, it, it depends on condition. I, I paid for my copy right behind me. Uh, about two years ago, I paid about sixty dollars for that. Hmm. Um, I saw someone, I saw a, a, a game store selling a greatest hits copy for two hundred dollars, and I'm just like, it, it is not worth that much. It it's mm. not. That's ridiculous. Not a greatest was, hits copy. Yeah. That and that was maybe that was maybe just four months ago. So. Mm. You know, it, it, like I said, it's hard to track this stuff down, especially for this series. But like, don't don't screw your first experience with Silent Hill 2, especially on that HD port, because it's really bad. It's mm. really, really bad. OK, I think we said enough. We can wrap up. The show. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we wrap up? No. No. OK. Hey, Delilah, what you doing? What you working on? Streaming YouTube stuff. I actually cut down a lot, which feels good. I'm going to cut down more, but um, good. Yeah, just playing horror games this month. What are you including what are you playing at this moment in time? Alan Wake uh, <laughs> 8 Remastered. I just finished the next game that we're going to do, and uh, I'll probably pick up. Um, well, I'm definitely going to pick up Back for Blood and Metroid Dread um, and Fatal Frame. Cool. So, okay. Yeah. The Fatal Frame 5, right? Uh, the um, Crimson Butterfly one? Maiden of the Black 
water, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right. Okay, cool. I, I've, I've said it on the past few it's out this month i wrote a review for scarlet nexus for that magazine it should be out this month issue two uh you can get that at fromgamers.net if you wanted to pick up a physical or digital copy of a new independent video game magazine so yeah check that out i believe the the pre-launch page for issue three is up on kickstarter as well so if you liked issue two or if you also got issue one you want to support them further you can look forward to that so yeah um, and some a couple other things that I can't talk about quite e- yet, um, just because I haven't found the motivation to work on them, so I'm not uh, willing to put that out there yet. But coming soon, hopefully. Uh, but Delilah, what w- what is the next game that we're covering? Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> yeah, I am really looking forward to this. I this this game has been on my radar for I think two years I think it came out about two years ago it's been on my radar uh, ever since it kind of blew up on the internet um, and now that it's gotten it's it's gotten a console port I am very excited to play that and talk to you guys about it Delilah I yeah. I really can't tell if you're excited or dreading the next episode I mean I'm happy to talk about it I need an outlet. Okay, okay, that's great. <laughs> what better outlet than reap the spoils? <laughs> like, very, very excited about this. Um, anyway, yeah, you can follow Delilah on Twitter and Twitch at Asasina underscore San or Dash San. I for- is it the same on both of those? Dash underscore space. Yeah. Asasina San, just throw in a dash or an underscore and you'll find her eventually. Uh, you can follow Jason on Twitter at SolidQuaz. You can find, or, but don't follow him. He doesn't do anything. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NibbleHymian. Uh, if you liked this episode, you're listening on YouTube, please like the episode, comment, let us know uh, fucking how, what you, what was your most unnerving moment in Silent Hill? let us know that or just talk to us you know engage with us we love hearing from our from our listeners uh and also like subscribe to the channel share the episode uh if you listen on apple Podcasts, spotify anything or if you listen on apple Podcasts, rate and review the show five stars preferred really appreciate it again tell us what you like tell us what you don't like and if you listen on spotify or any of those other platforms if you would be great if you would go on like apple Podcasts and still rate and review the show or if you could go on youtube and still engage with us that would be awesome because spotify doesn't mm-hmm have anything to my knowledge where you can engage with us but anyway uh yeah next game is doki doki literature club that should be out this month as well and uh yeah thanks for listening bye and have a good well we'll see you again or hear you or i don't know how this works with the audience happy halloween happy halloween yeah happy Happy Halloween halloween season